Hey guys, and welcome to Abnormal Adventures with Carrie Taylor. My guest today, again, is Tyler Webster. Hi, Tyler. How's it going? Not bad. How's it going with you? Pretty good. Pretty good. good. Happy to be uh, guest number two. Yeah. I felt guest number one. I felt guest number one, felt guest number one was pretty successful, <laughs> so. So it was good. So today we're we're going to talk about music. All oh, cool. forms of music today. Um, so when Tyler came over today, he brought this really cool, would you call it a vinyl player or a well, record so, uh, player or? Well, Carrie and I discussed in the past, like she has this old, really, hi-fi. really old, old record player. Like one of those chest ones. Called a hi-fi. It's a hi-fi is the brand. Yeah. No, but it's it, a but it, machine. It's a what? They're called hi-fis. It's not the brand. Oh. It's like legitimately the It's thing. a big ass thing that would throw my back out if I tried <laughs> to carry it. Is yes. what it is. Yes. But we kind of had a cool experience the one night uh, because she has like this one forty-five <laughs> record of uh, Oh Where Oh Where Am I Baby Be like that song, but the original one. Yep. But uh, we couldn't get it to work. But like the audio was coming through and the needle was working, but the motor wouldn't turn the record. Yep. So I did a very feeble ass <laughs> attempt at spinning the record <laughs> with my finger. Uh. And it worked. It did. It like did it didn't work. keep any time worth shit. It was like, it was, but, but I'd be spinning it, and it was like, the war of the rumble. it's true. but it was kind of, it was kind of cool, and I kind of like I've always had a big record collection, and vinyl records are my joy to listen to when I'm at home. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I bought this cool little Victrola, um... Is that a, is that a brand? Yeah, like, it's a brand know Victrola, that, yeah. yeah, it's a, yeah, it's been around forever. Okay. It's a, it's a little suitcase, kind of turquoise teal color. Uh, Chevy, people. Chevy 55. So yeah, it's... Chevy 55 green people. And... It fits with my home decor. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really... <laughs> it matches it's my retro and mixer. It's great. You know, it has speakers in it, but you can also plug it in and it has a... To your, to your sound system, mm-hmm. or you can be a Bluetooth speaker. And, and so, yeah, I surprised Carrie and brought some some of my records over, brought the Pink Floyd, brought some Zeppelin, Pitchfork, Tony Bennett, and B.B. King live at the county jail. What an absolute legend. So, it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah, cool. It was cool. Nothing like drop, yeah. dropping the needle on uh, vinyl. Yeah, I'm so useless with it. Like, how many records do you have? Oh, God. You don't have as many as some people. Some people have walls of it. I mm-hmm. feel like you have like what, like a hundred ish. No, no. No. Okay. Um, see, I started with my obsession with records when I was young. My uncle Todd gave me his old Pioneer sound system. Okay. The brand Pioneer with two big cabinet speakers, and it had a, a phono jack. Which is, a, which is a jack that, that, that you can attach a record player. But I didn't oh, okay. have a record yeah. player. I had everything else, and, and this thing was just a beast. And at the time, you know, I, like, I, was, I had just gotten in Kiss and Aerosmith. And, um, and my dad said to me, uh, he's like, you know, I think, I think your Uncle Greg, I think I have a bunch of your Uncle Greg's records in the garage. And so my dad gave me, like, either one or two, like, uh, recycling bins. Oh, okay. Full of records. And, like, at this time, I'm only listening to cassettes. Okay. Like, my first no. rock, my first experience with, like, 
rock and roll besides Zeppelin when I was younger. My dad would listen to it. The first, I want to say, piece of rock music that I ever personally owned that belonged to me and me alone. I was like six years old, seven years old. My mom, my mom left me in the car with my grandmother at Costco <laughs> and Barry. She came back in the car and she handed me a brand new cassette tape of the 50s album Destroyer. And it changed my world. Oh, I bet. Me and my or my buddy Kyle and I, we'd like take my mom's makeup and draw on like kiss makeups. Take Did, my dad's old Really? Take my dad's old sketchy I want ass pictures of this. My dad's old sketchy ass strobe light from the seventies and put it on in my room and crank destroyer on that sound system and we'd just jam with like fake guitars and drumsticks <laughs> and stuff and and uh, yeah, lifelong kiss music. Yeah. And lifelong rock hits music. Mm-hmm. Tons of other types of music. But so I so that's what got me into music. But then I got those records and I didn't have a record player. Yeah. And back in like I wanna say this was probably around the year two thousand. Okay, I was gonna guess ninety five. There wasn't Kijiji. There, this no. wasn't. Uh, no, there wasn't you had to Kijiji. buy brand new, pretty plus, much. Yeah, and yeah. you know, um, unless a garage sale had a random. And, and they wasn't at a stage yet where anyone had any interest in buying new record players, so it was it's very true. hard to buy. Yeah. One. there was no vinyl resurgence. There was no, um, no, there, the interest wasn't there because yep. CDs were so huge and old audio quality. Oh, yeah. audio CDs quality would have been stuff. coming out then, yeah. And like, and that was at the point where you just started being able to burn your own CDs. <laughs> anybody remember? Yep. Napster and LimeWire, yep. uh, a.k.a. Kazaa, a.k.a. How to, oh, in- I didn't know that one. how to infect your computer with every terrible oh virus in the world. Yeah. But, yep. yeah, so, so, and then I ended up, I forget where I got my first record player, but I ended up with one that was all wood paneling mm-hmm. and badass and old, and I remember oh, beautiful. the first <laughs> album, because not only did I get my Uncle Greg's, but I got my Uncle Todd's, my mom's brother, so yep. Greg. Greg is, is my dad's brother. Todd's yep. my mom's brother. I got both of their sets of albums. And so, like, my first experience with, with records was all of a sudden in my lap, I had uh, I had one big recycling, one big blue box and two milk crates full of records. Wow. And I remember the very first album that I cranked up and I dropped that needle down on was the, was the first Van Halen album. <laughs> And instantly, I'm like, I'm going to be a guitarist. Hearing it, just dropping really? that at needle like down. T- at like 10. Drop that needle down. The first song I ever heard on vinyl was Ain't Talking About Love by by um, by Van Halen. Yeah. And coming through those giant, half-popped-out, broken subwoofer old speakers with all the crackles and the beautiful pops, like a, like mixing a, like mixing music with a bonfire it was just like everything about it i loved and okay. it was and so yeah i love vinyl ever well as you know the, you hand spinning was the first time i heard vinyl and i had so much fun doing that i so sorry the first vinyl i ever heard wouldn't have been actually Van, that was the first of my own first rock yeah, music yeah. my first experience was uh my gran and granddad had a record player uh over at their house that i wasn't allowed to play with but I did. Yeah. What kind <laughs> of music did they have? Uh, they had three records. They had three records left at the time. Because oh, they okay, didn't okay, listen to records yes, anymore. Yes, yes, yes. And I would like slow them down and make them go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff you're not supposed to do. Yes. With you're not a them, DJ. You don't do that. Ruins the yes. belts, ruins everything. But I, I just thought it sounded great. Yes. Um, 
And so I remember the f- so the first ones I would and I even then I was like a little audiophile. I'd be in there and just mm-hmm. I even these records they they had a forty five of the Monster Mash. Yes. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The original just Monster <laughs> Mash. They were working yeah, in the lab yeah. late one night. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they had Tom Jones live in was he Edinburgh? I think so. so I don't yeah. know. Home, the homeland for them, yeah. Yeah. So. But uh, yeah, and uh, and Simon and Garfunkel bridge over troubled waters, mm. and so all those albums, great albums, mm-hmm. and I remember being really young and just playing on those, and just I look, I remember looking out the door and just being like Rand was walking by, and then I'd like put my hand against the side of the thing to slow it down, and like a bridge over <laughs> troubled water, and then she'd walk by and it would speed back up to regular place, and I'd be like, I wasn't touching anything. But yeah. So. so when did you said that like you heard the album and you wanted to play guitar? Was it around ten years old? Is that when you started playing guitar? I had a few guitars. I had a few. I wouldn't say I had a few failed attempts. Okay. At starting to play guitar. My dad always had it. There was always a guitar around the house. Yeah. Does like, your dad play? Yeah, and you know yeah. what? My dad, um, he like he, he played when I was younger, but like not seriously. Like he knew like you know a couple songs. He, um, and he but he was so busy. You know, he was a young man with a young family, and mm-hmm. you know a busy plumber. Uh, so as I was saying, so my dad always had a guitar around the house, an acoustic guitar, an old Martin Sigma, and um, I remember when I was younger, the only song that he knew how to play was uh babe i'm gonna leave you by led zeppelin and but it was a great song awesome song i have, and I have no clue what it is sure. mm-hmm. uh my first guitar that i got was an old squire stratocaster that i got from the mountain music in collingwood and i would kind of like you know i would jam along i just like hit the strings and crank my amp up mm-hmm. to like kiss cycle circus albums and stuff like that but i never learned chords i yeah. never did it. it just kind of went but uh i ended up trading that in and my mom my mom actually talked me into getting an acoustic guitar like no mom acoustic guitars are lame <laughs> i don't want acoustic guitar i want to be uh, you can't be a rock star mm-hmm. acoustic guitar what are you talking about yeah i do a terrible impression of myself when i was down i did yeah, not so sound you do like, not sound like that i, I didn't think. not no. even when i was 10 no. Uh, but I want to say when I was uh, about 12 years old, my mom talked me into it. And my mom talked me into it because she said, if you can get an acoustic, you'll play at parties and down at the boardwalk or whatever, and you'll be able to get girls. <laughs> and so that's that. I'm like, well, Not done. 12 year old brain, which is just kind of turning on to those things, went, yeah. we have to do this. There is no <laughs> other path. So, yeah. And so I ended up uh, getting. Oscar Schmidt acoustic guitar, which I still have to this day. It's still mm-hmm. my main guitar that I just pick up just to, you know, it's it's not my best guitar, yeah. but it's the guitar that I do a lot of writing on it. I, it's the one that has all the, the character, all yeah. the scratches and chips out of it. Yep. And it smells like campfire smoke and like dust bunnies inside and stuff. <laughs> and um, that guitar and I have been through a lot. And so that's, yeah, and then I, I sat down uh, first song i ever learned how to play was knocking on heaven's door by mm-hmm. bob dylan um then i added a couple more chords and second song i learned how to play was uh was three birds without the guitar solo three bird by leonard skinnerd um 
and that was it. I just I yeah. started, and I started on a, on a website I still use today, ultimateguitar.com. Uh, to learn. To learn. To and learn. That on, just, yep. It should like I started with chords, so I just started by I'm seeing the lyrics mm-hmm. and the placement of the chord changes on top of the lyrics. Oh, and it's like I, I'm guitar fortunate karaoke. enough that in my head I can I can keep a rhythm. So yeah, I like I can I already know the strumming in my head, mm-hmm. right? So uh, that was uh, never an issue for me, and kind of went from there. And then I think it was like maybe 2005 I started writing my own English. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well uh, math here. You were 15. Yeah, yeah. And so you've done a lot of would you call them concerts, shows? Could you you see gigs? Gigs of good. all sorts. Yeah. So like you've done, what well, you were telling me about one, um, like the songwriters, and you did your long hair song. You were telling me about it. Um, oh, long hair blues. But not the song. But you, I used like, to have long hair. Really long hair. <laughs> but so, like, how long did you do your solo stuff compared to when did you switch <sighs> into doing some like bands stuff? So I I started I started writing in two thousand and five. Uh, the writing bug hit me. Uh, my grandfather, uh, my grandfather, Alan, my mom's dad, my papa, he, uh, he had a house, uh, over center near Pepperloch on Lake Simcoe. Mm -hmm. I would go stay there for a couple weeks every summer. And I just kind of learned and I had a couple songs under my belt. So, you know, I wanted to bring my acoustic guitar Mm -hmm. and show my papa and, and, you know, we, we had a bonfire at Zaga Place and we would guitar there on the dock and yep. whatnot and i remember uh, even back then when I, w- I was an avid fisherman uh, you know uh and so i remember we were going to take the boat out in the afternoon to do some fishing but my papa wanted to have a nap first and i was tired or anything like that and so i just sat there playing uh, with my guitar on a couch and there was a there's this butterfly flying around over the dock in the backyard and you fly towards the dock mm-hmm. and towards the song out over around an hour on uh on the sticky notes i want to say three inch by three inch sticky notes yeah. i probably had like 10 of them yeah stuck together and uh which was handy because i could establish the order of the verses yeah. and choruses that's true, that's because, true, yeah. because they were all yeah that was the first butterfly first song i ever wrote it was on really? my, my first album and so after that then it was you know after that i'm like wow i, I created this so, yeah uh Through high school is when I started to kind of concentrate on doing more actual gigs. And the first gig was at, um, the first gig was at the Diamond Car Wash in Sigby. And my neighbors had bought and were opening, a grand opening, and I sang a couple songs. So I played there. That was my first big gig. What a grand opening uh, of a car then wash. I got, then I started <laughs> going to the Berry Folk Society, um, their open mic night on Saturdays that they used to hold uh, at the Barry Public Library, and that was what really suddenly I'm seeing all these songwriters mm-hmm. and people are complimenting my song, and they were such great people, still are. Uh, yeah, you know Barry did that. Yeah, yeah, and they used to have the Barry Folk Festival, and so right in there, what that they're the ones who really kind of 
ruined it for me yeah. because I got in there, I played confidence and then suddenly they they offered me um they offered me a chance to open for Baldi who is a, a very well-known Canadian folk artist that's been mm. around forever and so I opened for I opened for him yeah at a, at a concert that they put on in Barrie and then I uh and along with that they also uh put me in the youth showcase at the at the Barrie Folk Society so playing in front of a hundred people wow after that I did some more folk festivals yeah. Writing kind of went stale for me after a little while. Um, uh, I started doing more bar gigs. Yeah. Th- that's what happened. Open like, mic I w- stuff? Well, no, open mics. I always loved open mics. Yeah. I find open mics that aren't in bars. Uh, if you can get an open mic at a coffee shop, like a good vibes coffee, good vibes coffee house, you can do it. And if you can find, as a young songwriter, mm-hmm. the advice I would give to anybody, as a songwriter, yeah. Not as a performer, performer yeah. but as a songwriter, to build your confidence, get out and do open mic at places where people are there to hear songwriters. It makes sense. Not to just hear covers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, you are going to feel like crap as a, you know, 17-year-old kid who's written a handful of songs and you're playing at a bar and someone's yelling at you, you know, play... Rolling Stone song, yeah. it sucks it, yeah. to hear that. But if you get into like a, what we used to call a coffee house, it's yeah. not always a coffee house. Sometimes it's a church or something. Yeah. Or not. And people want to hear songwriters. That's the place. Because after that, like, you know, people come up to you. They want to know what your songs are. They're interested. Yeah. They, you know, you know what works, what doesn't work. And mm-hmm. you hear other people in the same mindset. And, and like, I mean, uh, unfortunately, I haven't gone out to an open mic in years. Well, you can't just last start, year, yes. but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. But, uh, you know, just life, right? True. I, uh, and then I ended up uh, getting in a band for a number of years uh, called the Rocket Busters. Mm-hmm. And it's like a just southern rock band with... Um, what makes them a southern rock band? So, so southern rock, southern rock's a style. Oh, right? okay. Southern rock is a style of music. Like Leonard Skinner, All My Brothers Band, uh, Little Feet. Um, there's a bunch of... It's yeah. almost like a, it's a bluesy rock with a lot of instrumentals, kind of also dabble in a country type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I I got into that band, two guys, uh, uh, Steve and Jason, a father and son yep. duo who I'm still friends with today. Uh, amazing guitarist. Steve is an amazing pedal steel guitarist. If you, if you don't know him, Steve Crosgray, look him up on the internet. He's one of the best pedal steel guitarists in the world. Such a mentor <laughs> to me, and is still such a mentor yeah. to me. He's an amazing yeah. guy, and uh, so they they I I came and jammed with them a couple mm-hmm. times. I eventually their bassist quit, and they offered me a job. Said, hey, As a bassist, know, yeah, <laughs> I didn't okay, play okay. bass, right? But uh, I didn't play bass, and I was like, okay, you'll learn. It's fine. So they I got the job as originally as a bassist, yeah, and but I cannot sing and play bass. Really, it is such a different animal. Well, it's kind of like playing bass. drums because it's, 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 it's very it's it's yeah it's rubbing your head and your belly at the same and tapping True. your head and rubbing your belly. So it's two. It's left and right brain. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it, but we ended up getting a, a an awesome bassist came in and um, a really good drummer. Uh, Billy King, who used to be in Lighthouse, and 
So that kind of formed our group, and I ended yeah. up moving to more of the multi-instrumentalist and vocalist position. Okay. So I was playing like rhythm acoustic guitar, yep. backing up the guys who'll be playing all those awesome harmony guitar licks, uh, singing on singing on on a, on a handful of the yep. songs. Like we we all sh- like uh, Steve, Jason, and myself shared vocal okay. duties. Uh, and playing, I was playing keyboards, mandolin, acoustic guitar, everything. Yeah, yeah. So and that that took up a lot of time because those mm-hmm. were very very intricate songs. You know, naturally, like yep. the, our band leader wanted it to be really tight. Yep. Um, and it, the gigs took up time because you're hauling a lot There's of equipment. So much more stuff. And yep. the gigs tended to be farther away. Uh, and the rehearsal for these songs because they're so intricate, like it took up a lot of my time. So there wasn't as much time for yeah my creative avenues. Yeah. And we we had a good run with that, and we went until uh, July of 2015. And I did my own gigs in between when I could. Yeah, I but also you're I, yeah, and, and I also I had, a, I had a regular gig at Stud Lonigan's Pub in Sega Beach for a number of years. First running a jam night. Uh, Gigs, but even that is like, you know, 80% covers, 20% my own when yeah. I submitted it, yeah. right? And so the just the writing wasn't there. The inspiration mm-hmm. wasn't there to write. Uh, the odd time, I, I found, my, I found uh, myself forcing myself to write songs. Oh, like you haven't written a song. You need same. to write a song. And do you, do you find that like, you've like, that you've tweaked those ones that you force yourself Right now, no, most no. Time you're just like I. <laughs> the ones I forced to write would usually the once my once I dropped the pen, I'd play it back to myself and go, "This is garbage." Oh, okay. Uh, there are a bunch of songs though mm-hmm. that I wrote when I was younger. Yep. That I play now. You know, I'm at a different skill level with guitar. I mm-hmm. Emotionally approach approach things different. Uh, there are things that didn't work in songs back then that I have new ideas for now. So it's always yep. fun to pick up like a song from like 15 years ago and go that I kind of got stuck on yep. and never included in the set list because I wasn't totally happy and they go, Oh, well, I'm just going to switch this right here. And yeah. it works now. You were telling me, I can't remember cause I don't know the names of anyone's songs anyways, but um, there was one recently you were saying that like it was a song from when you were younger, but you just redid, I would say the guitar part of it. Oh, you I, re- I, re- I redid, the... I, redid uh, I took out this one song, which is, I believe second or third song I wrote uh, called summer air. And it, very straightforward drumming with with you know about as much feeling as a 15 year old has <laughs> yes right and uh i just kind of added a bit more emotion to the guitar and, mm-hmm. and paced it paced the song out a bit differently and it, it added a lot of character yeah. and it was kind of cool to revisit that old friend of that song oh, for you sure know, and go hey i'm gonna paint this a little differently <laughs> I'm always so envious of people that can write music. Like, I find that I'm musically inclined in the sense of that, like, I can pick up rhythm and I can kind of sing. But I, I, it, playing an instrument, no, 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 no. I can play a drum. That's yeah. about it. Dramatic life experiences help <laughs> write songs. I'm sorry to say. It's true. Ha- I cannot, I cannot write a song. I can write funny songs. Mm-hmm. I can't write. It's very difficult to write happy songs. I can't do that ABBA shit. That's true. That's true. I feel like I could probably write lyrics. The blues is in my soul. Like, I mean, I, the blues, I would go so as far to, I would go as far to say that the blues is my favorite type of music. 
I don't yep. play the blues often. Yeah. But that's what I connect with on an emotional level is yeah. the blues. And so I just find it to my writing style, like, if I'm sad, a song will come to me. If mm-hmm. I'm concerned about something, a song will come to me. Uh, you know, heartbroken, a song will come to me. Yeah. You know, and I'll go, I'll go a year sometimes without writing a song. Um, and then all of a sudden it'll be like bam, bam, mm-hmm. bam, and I'll get three like songs. I'll get three songs recently out in a month. You popped you know? out uh, quite a few. Yeah, and so I want to get back into recording. Mm-hmm. I last, my last, I recorded two albums. Yeah, full albums or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah when I was younger. How many, uh, how many songs do you think that you've written in your lifetime? Like, what are you at now? Are you uh, at like fifty songs or something? I think, to be honest with you, in my life, I think I'm at a hundred and hundred and eight. It's either hundred and three or hundred and eight. Holy shit. 103, um, not 30. Okay, 103 so like, or 108. That's crazy. So, but your, your plus, angle. Plus a handful of songs that I've just like thrown and stuff. True. But you, you've said to me that you are at the point that you don't want to, like you would perform, but you would, you would really like to sell your music. In yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Why can't I think but of what well, it's called? I, I always thought about making a career out of like being a musician, which mm-hmm. is obviously good. Part of that for me is uh, I don't do well with change. I really like security. Yeah. I like embracing security. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I find yeah. it's a big weight off my mind having like a steady job, steady yeah. income, not going in and out or even I don't even like commuting, you know, and especially having with having a son now, I couldn't even imagine like going around no, and being gone and for yeah. parts of his life like i couldn't even imagine it yeah. uh so like uh, but i always thought it would be really cool to have to like have other artists kind of take take my songs yeah and, and put their own spin on it and hear that you know what i mean and have them do all the tutoring that's true that's and true I and like that am, am i thinking it's right it's it's you'd be called a songwriter right like not yeah yeah right, but right. so it's it's a like i would like to have my songs published I, I, I would say okay. out of 108 songs, I probably have, I want to say realistically, mm-hmm. if I'm hard on it, yeah. I want to say seven or eight songs okay. that I think could be used in the modern climate of, uh, you know, country, pop country, uh, country rock that could be taken, I think, for... In terms of looking at them and in in how versatile mm-hmm. are the songs, can someone else connect with them? Can someone else True. do something? Is it too personal? Is it? But you want to. I feel like some of your new ones, like um, I don't know what you're calling it, but your apparitions one. After yeah, that one's that, that one, one. I don't think that, that one is very I, marketable. Oh my gosh, I love. I, okay, I know that you I'm put two together. Though. You, I don't know what your your two things. I love your second half of that. Legitimately. The chord, whatever, like you're the strumming. I'm so bad. It's, I it gets stuck in my head, like legitimately. That I'm like I. See, I, I like the two together because it's like a little opera for me, like a little rock opera. But because it tells two kind of stories yeah. that are linked. Uh, I have two songs. One's called Apparition, and another's called Ghostly Dream. Ghostly Dream I wrote years ago about a. It's a faster paced, very anxious song about somebody who's either dreaming or experiencing the fact that they are indeed dead and a ghost and they are viewing their life without them and they're in a 
Okay. Are fearing being forgotten and losing control. Uh, Apparition is a song about being visited uh, either by a loved one or mm-hmm. by a ghost of sorts, a spiritual apparition, and kind of asking, like, hey, why are you here? Was it? And so I link those two songs together because it's almost like a, a response, like a, a question and a response. Like, hey, am I dead? Am I what's going on? I'm losing it. And like the person on the other end is going, hey, why are you here? Are you, are you okay? I know you're here. I see. So the two songs, and like the two songs are 10 years apart. I wrote, I wrote Ghostly Dream. has to be around 10 years ago, maybe nine years ago or so. Okay. And the other one is just a week old, but. I get what you're saying. Like, uh, with the apparition song, I wish I could have wrote more in that song, and it might come eventually, yeah. uh, and turn that into really its own beast. But I think if the thought, the thought in that song, kind of started and ended. You know, yeah. like it, it's it, it was it kind of. I don't want to say prematurely finished, <laughs> but it kind of did. Like it, if the song started up says what it has to say and it's exclusive sure. and where, where getting... i kind of want more it's in a sense it's almost like a trailer for me okay i'm like oh i kind of i want to see the whole movie now yeah but the song's not really they're, giving me yeah, anything okay. else right they're, now. no but you want to what like they are good together i just find the second half it just it sticks with me the apparition mm-hmm. part of it it sticks with me and like but I don't know, but like I found like your oh uh, pebbles, something about pebbles in the pocket. Oh, little uh, rocks. Little no rocks. One's heard that one yet? That See that one, there. so good, and I'm really biased, and I always call it glue, but I think you call it milk or glue. No, no, it's glue. It's glue. Okay, glue. that one. No? I don't know. I thought because drink it, milk, it, love it, life. I thought uh, no, I swear you thought it, I thought it was milk because it goes like through a crack. Okay. I am uh, biased slightly, but like legitimately, it was a different um, sound for you. From what I've heard. No, I, I have other songs. Like that? See, I haven't heard all of yours. But legitimately, I feel like that one, it had a different edge to it. It's not like your other ones don't have an yeah. edge. But it was different. And I found that, like, it got stuck in my head. And, like, I'm not, like, I'm not musical. But I wanted to be like, I want to sing on this song with him. Yeah. Now, see, <laughs> the, uh, um, so that, yeah, that song there was angsty. Yeah, that's, a good, way to, that's some, a good way to put but, it. But yeah. what's, like, what, what I've always... In a sense, it's been a blessing. In a sense, it's been a curse for mm-hmm. my music. Is I don't really, like, I would call myself, like, folk, acoustic rock. But it's like, I always say, and I mean this loosely and not set in stone, but I don't really have control. I don't feel I have mm-hmm. control over, over how my songs come out. And I don't know if it's because I listen to so many different styles of music. But it's like, yeah. when a song comes to me, it's like, I will usually get stuck on a little riff, and then bam, I will, the yeah. words will be coming out, yeah. I better grab a pen, because it's there. Which uh, is fine. I like when artists but then, it, But different. then it, it comes out, and it, and it just is what it is, like in the sense of whatever, oh, this folk song came out, oh, this is very country, mm-hmm. this song, oh, wow, that's very bluesy. But at the same time. And it time, just kind of, however it pours on the paper, yeah. it kind of just does that but just because because i think some people take it differently too because you are just playing it with an acoustic and i find that if someone played it with a full band it might not always feel country or this no, or no, that I, right I, i've done that I've, yeah. I've taken some of my other songs that were acoustic and uh you know i like i mean in the rockabusters in rehearsals we do stuff on my song i wrote a few songs mm-hmm. for the band that we just never ended up making the set list but good songs and 
And, you know, we would do that with a full band and, yep. and you know, electric, acoustic guitar. So this is a full band when okay. I'm talking full yep. band. Drums, bass, acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. vocals, electric guitar, and pedal steel. Is that Big what it, band. Is that what Jason did? Jason did normal electric? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yep. And, um, and uh, yeah, and so and it, it sounded fantastic and great. Yeah. And, uh, but sometimes, like, I think right now, I think is the time where I'd like to really record because I don't, it's not, I found, you know, the last album, first album I recorded with, I paid for that album. I had a handful of songs, well, actually, probably around 20 songs. Oh, really? I had 20 songs. 18 or 20. And back then, I didn't really know how to go, hey, take a good song or a good bad song. Okay. And <laughs> I like, was, it's a know, song. I, at the time, I was 16. Yeah. Turning 17. And I went with Sunflower Music Studios in Anchorage, uh, owned by Keith White. <coughs> Amazing guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the studio's not there anymore. He owned a music uh, store after that for a while until he retired. But... Uh, produced by Roman Rickfield, another really good guy, really good songwriter himself. He and and I I had an old I had an Ovation acoustic guitar and I had a mandolin and I said I don't have any money yeah but I have these things and we opened a music store and I get studio time for these and I oh. gave them the, the guitar and thing and I got twelve hours of studio time. It's a lot. I don't know for a guy with just an acoustic guitar and vocals and a lot of things to say yeah yeah when you're there might have been 20 hours i forget how long it was okay but i i made all i made the most of it right i did uh i got those songs so so that's that really in a sense that it was a demo of sorts but i ended Mm -hmm. up with like i think 13 songs on that album and the album was called all in good time named after a song i wrote for my uh, great friend uh, paul who passed away um when uh just just before I released that album, I wrote a song the day he died, or the day I found out he died, called All in Good Time, and I squeaked that. I had a, maybe an hour left of recording time. I went in, cut that out, cut that song, put it on the album, dedicated the album to him. Um, a bunch of people followed that, uh, which meant a lot to me. Good life is short. But, uh, so yeah, that really summed up the album, and and that album, uh, you know, I'm proud of that album. Yeah. It, it's a, for a long time I didn't really like that album because I found it didn't represent how I was now. But it's like it doesn't have to represent no. who I am now. It represented who I was then. And right, right then I was a musician it. making the best with what I had yep. and, and putting it out there. And it's cool to listen back to it now. For sure. Uh, then I I took way too long to do my second album. Uh, I I had the recording equipment at home. I had the, the schooling to do it. Um, and I recorded it, but I never left it alone. So by the time I released my second album, mm-hmm. I was so bored of playing those songs. Oh. And whereas this time around, I have a lot of fresh songs. Uh, you know, it's been a busy, busy nine years yeah. or ten years since that last album. Um, and so this time when I record something, you know, I'm going to sit there, I'm going to do it how I want to do it, I'm going to do it. Probably just acoustic guitar and mm-hmm. vocals, and make that acoustic guitar rich and shine, and yeah. just cut it raw because that's can what I this that's what these last two years are. It's just raw. No one yeah. can get together in bands, yeah, or anything like that. It's just. Can I ask her a weird, yeah. or maybe a stupid question? Because I don't know about recording, obviously. So, 
Um, if you're just recording with your acoustic and your vocals, are you playing at the same time? Or are you doing all of the acoustic and then you're going back and doing all the vocals? Or, like, what do you do? Uh, ideally, in this situation, both at the same time. Both at the same time? Okay. Because so like you'd be, like, when you're playing it, I find that, that you know, for me, and don't get me wrong, I have mm-hmm. done overlays, I have certain more complicated songs, I'll cut the guitar first, or and then do do the vocals after but um with how i want these songs to be portrayed yeah uh i'll leave certain imperfections in you know and okay. and, and i want the i miss playing live mm-hmm. and i think recording like even when i do my little instagram videos and yeah. stuff now you get the emotion of playing it, it convey yeah. i find it conveys a little bit better and more than anything, like I don't have a perfect voice. I don't play guitar perfectly. Uh, there's beauty and imperfection. Yeah. And I just think uh, I, w- I just want to make sure the emotion's there. This sound. Yeah. Certain times when I've recorded in the past, I've I find I if I listen back, I'm like ah, you know, live. It's so much better. And I want that True. live. Plus, thing. you would rather for have me, a live. When I, for me, it's like if I could record every song yeah. I do live mm-hmm. in front of people, like that's where it is. That's where it is. Like that's where you know whether it cuts it or it doesn't. And that's true. where you're getting the feedback. Even like you get feedback when you're playing live, especially even like when you're just acoustic guitar and a guy, just a guy or girl, <laughs> and that's an acoustic person, guitar. Yeah. Or your instrument of choice, even if it's a piano. Yeah. And you're singing that song you wrote, just like I said about the coffee shop. Yeah. An open mic. Before people applaud at the end of a song, you're still getting the feedback. Mm-hmm. Because as you're playing, as you're, you're, you're singing the lyrics, and you're kind of scanning over the audience, you know, moving around so you're not standing stiff as a board, you're still getting feedback. You're yeah. still seeing someone tapping their foot. Yep. You're still seeing someone nodding. You're still seeing, you know, you say something and it relates to somebody yeah. and they let out just a subtle smirk. And you pick up on those things and you're just like, okay, okay, yeah. I'm on to something. Yeah, here. I can get that. And you capture that recording, you know, it's lightning in a bottle. For sure. So. True. And I feel like I've been to not as many concerts as, concerts as you, but legitimately – those are those artists that you would see live, and if they didn't live up to their recording, you're like, what's the point? Like, I'm not here to have, like, your remix, whatever, and you can't sing in person. Yeah. Like, I want true artistry. And so I get wanting to record as as live as possible, as maybe is yeah. what I would say, right? Absolutely. Did I ever t- – I don't think I ever told you, but I have recorded with someone. I was no. a backup – I was on one song, my, my – my good friend Michael Party, uh, he, I don't even know, I don't even remember what the song was. I just remember we went to someone's house, and I think it was Marcel. Marcel used to, he had his recording studio. I didn't know him all, but in our group, he, people knew him. And Michael wanted to record this song. And I just remember, like, we were there so late in the night, and I legitimately was, like, the person that was just doing the backup vocals for, like, part of the chorus. Like, just part of it. And I remember being, I don't even know what time we got out, but I remember being exhausted, sitting in this little tiny room, trying to perfect, like, the three songs, like, the sorry, the three words that I would be saying and waiting for them to try to, like, perfect all of the other stuff. And I was like, why am I here? This is taking forever. 
But I think somewhere I still have the copy of the song, and I should try to find it and show it to you at some point. But, yeah, really. I'd but like now, like, Michael now, I think he's in a band now. I don't, sorry, Michael, if you're listening, because I don't remember the name of your band. He's in, he's in <laughs> Alberta now. Um, but he's, he's improved immensely, I can tell you that much, because, like, he used to be so nervous about it, but now he's doing well. But, yeah, it was an interesting experience, because back then I wouldn't even be this close to a microphone, and I'm still a couple inches away from the microphone right now. But I was... As you know, I don't normally sing around people. I have a weird insecurity about it. You sang in front of me before? Yes, once. I think I was in my underwear. Maybe. And we were like singing to each other. Yes. I think, yeah, I think we both tried to like find songs. We, I think we tried to sing Shallow. And then I was like, nah. That's right. We did and try I, to sing Shallow. Yeah, That's and what it I, was, yeah. And then I sang you an Adele song. Because Adele song is definitely, I feel like, in my range. And I am able to yeah. sing it. And I can just spew it out of my and head. I think I sang Bridge Over Troubled Water by Frank Garfunkel. And then I had something else. What was it? Uh, my Way by, uh, by Frank Sinatra. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, you did. Yeah, and I, I really don't sing around people. And it's not like I've had... Don't get me wrong. When I went to church years I think ago, I was getting ready for bed. I was probably in my underwear and a prob- t-shirt. Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and like when I went to church, I wanted to be like I enjoy music so much, and I wish I had more confidence in it because I was on the worship team. I was a backup person. I played in Jean Bay, or like I just like quietly sang into the mic. That no one probably heard me at all, but that was my way of trying to be brave. I wasn't, but I really wish that I could. I. I have heard that people do like my voice. I don't know. You've only you heard. You have a great voice. But I, I, to be honest with you, when you said, oh, I sing, but I don't sing in front of anybody, I pictured, like, I was, <laughs> I was caught off guard. Yeah? Saying, yeah, because, like, I mean, I have had my experiences with people who can really sing, mm-hmm. who are quiet about it, and people who think they can really sing, and who can't. can't. Oh, and people, that's what I feel like I am, but I know I'm not. You know, there's and that, there's a whole umbrella to that, and all it's a whole rainbow really of, of all those things that people can do. Yeah. Um. But like, I can sing. I'm not yeah. the best singer in the world. I like your I'm not voice. the most technically, but I can sing. Yeah. I should know? have made you bring your guitar. And I can. I can. I can, s- I can sing snippet. in tune. Yes. You know, and that's important. I can project. Yeah. Um, you have the confidence of it. But so when you sang in front of me for the first time, your voice came out. I'm like, damn. Like, I mean, like, what? You don't do that? I don't do that. You don't do that in front of people? It's so, I, for someone that, like, in life, I portray a lot of confidence and I, and I kind of walk through my job in showing a certain way that legitimately there's a lot of stuff that I'm so insecure about and singing is one of them. And part of it is I honestly feel like when I was a kid, I'd be that person in the basement doing laundry and I would be singing away and then my family would scream at me to shut the fuck up just because I'm making noise. So I think my brain took it as, you suck, shut up, when I don't even know if they meant it that way. Yeah, I just took just meant, it that hey, way. Hey, this is an inappropriate time to be making loud noises. Well, I was in the basement by myself and they were upstairs, yeah. so. Yeah. But no, I. I sing, I sing at work, you know what? I sing at work, Do I sing for all the time. Well, I can see that. Time. But you're confident I, I, about singing see, well, people. I'm confident in it. Like, I mean, uh, ha- really a handful of events. A handful of events made me confident mm-hmm. in terms of singing in front of people. And I just, like, I, I guess I kind of feel like I wrapped my head around it early on. Okay. That uh, whether you're singing 
something to an attentive audience that wants to hear it, they want to hear it. Yes. And if you're singing something to make somebody laugh, well, then they're probably going to laugh. Uh, true. That's and true. If, and if, if you're singing something at work because, you know, like sometimes at work I'll be piling beer and I'll sing a song. I'm just singing a song in my head, right? Yeah. And then, you know, like one of the girls or, or Todd will walk by and I'll just sing it really loudly. <laughs> Right? Yeah. And they'll smile. Yeah. It's like, well, you could be having a shit day otherwise. True. But you have that it's moment true. where you smile. And that's all people are trying to do, really. If you're, if you're singing and or making music in any way, you're trying to have a good time and, and you're trying to entertain others. True. And so, like, that's I'm true. not saying, oh, I'm at work. I'm being a professional singer. <laughs> no, I'm being a you're total, being a yeah, total yeah, ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, I mean, I'm not ashamed of my singing. I... I you know, I just, it's just having a good time. That's true. I'll, I'll screw around. We have microphones that work. I'll orders into the back. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> I, I remember, oh, there was this one time. I'm a big Tom Waits fan. Okay. I've, I've showed you some Tom Waits things. The name Tom Waits <laughs> does not, I would not put him in any genre other than Tom Waits. Okay. The man has like seven different voices. I feel like oh. I hit the cable again. But anyways, if you heard a lot, I hit that pay, I hit the cable. But uh, it's live. Uh, with so with Tom Waits, man has like seven different. He he is so inspiring in the sense that he uses his voice mm-hmm. in music almost like it's an instrument. Okay. In the sense that a certain type of voice might fit a song better. So. Just like, you know, in some songs you'll have like a clean, you know, acoustic guitar. In other mm-hmm. songs you'll put a really distorted electric guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, why not do that with your voice? You can't just, you don't need to have just one voice. It's true. Right? And so Tom Waits is very much like that. So there's this one song called Down in the Hole, which is a very growly song. And I was working an evening shift at work years ago. But I will remember this for the rest of my <laughs> okay. life. And I'm leaning against the wall up front. Because I ran out of things to do. And I'm singing songs to myself. And I didn't see the... So so I didn't see this like little old lady come in. I guess I didn't turn the bell on or anything. But she was very small. Okay. And I'm assuming fr- frightened by me. But she was on the other side of this one can cooler. Waiting for me to serve her on the other side. Well, I didn't see her there. Yeah, she's so I just grabbed the microphone. I started singing this song. Tom Into the song, mic- Down the hole. And I'm like... <laughs> So I'm singing in the microphone, and she can't see me, but I'm on the other. Yeah. And I'm just like, when you walk through the garden, you better watch your back. We're down in the hole. And, like, that's how that song yeah. sounds. And then I hear a noise, and I peek my head around. There's this old lady standing there and just staring at me like, I'm just like, hi, ma'am, I'll help you over here. And I'm just like, that was like, I was embarrassed, but at the same time, like, ah, this lady's like going like, what the hell is going on here? And so it was like, it was entertaining, because yeah. then I just pretended nothing was going on. Yeah. Like, nothing out of the ordinary here. <laughs> nothing happened. What are you talking right? about? Right? I didn't hear a thing. Yeah. And so that was the only time that was kind of like a little bit embarrassed, but uh, yeah. yeah. Whatever. It's fun, right? That is fun. Uh, th- no matter what situation you have or you sing in. Yeah. Uh, when you're singing... You either have a good experience or come out with a good story. Okay. I see that. Yeah. My second gig ever, 
My second gig ever was at this place that opened up in Wasaga Beach. It was, it was like a goth clothing store. And at the time, I was playing what? folk music. And you're folk, 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 at, folk. at a goth. So I didn't. I don't turn. I didn't turn down gigs. Okay, true. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, this lady said, it. "Hey, I'm opening up this store. It's called. I think it's called Dusk. I think it's called Dusk. Where was this? And sorry. It was uh, kind of in beside Studs in a plaza, uh, down near the beach. And at Ooh. the time, it's like sweet. Someone offered me a gig. You know, when you're when someone offers you a gig, someone's offering you a gig. Someone heard you and went, you know what? True. I feel like you would fit what I'm trying to do yes. here. Uh, we have a stage. Yeah. We have a little stage event. Yeah, you could come play for an hour. It'd be great exposure. That's the old line when people don't want to pay you. Correct. Uh, Pre-YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah, exposure yeah, yeah. was needed. It was, oh, it's great exposure. It'd be great exposure. It's everything. It's great exposure. Great exposure does not pay. No. Okay? But uh, at the time, uh, so I show up there, and all I'm seeing is like, like, if I had known better, I would have been like, this is a bondage store. <laughs> this is an S&M Everyone store. But it was like... Collars. But it was like collars and, yeah. like, I'm talking, like, patent leather, like, the shiny stuff with mm -hmm. studs and, like, boots that, like, Paul Stanley from Kiss would wear. Like, like eight-inch platforms sure. with spikes. And, like, don't get me wrong, all the forms look cool as hell. Yeah. Here I am with my hair down on my ass. Yeah. In a tie-dye t-shirt with a blazer <laughs> over it. With my... Martin D twenty eight acoustic guitar really? going up there to sing butterfly, please don't cry. <laughs> you know, like and you know what? I fucking did it. Yeah. I got up there and I like, you know what? I get an yeah. hour. I'm wrong. Use this hour. And you know what? They didn't they weren't rude. They weren't rude. They weren't the most receptive. They're kinda they knew I was out of place as much as I knew I was out of place yes. and we just decided to live together with that. Like yep. going, listen guys. I know I'm not your favorite thing to hear, and, you know, but, like, I mean, music, yeah, right? Music. And, you know, look at this. This is what? That, that would have been maybe 2007 at some point. Okay. And I'm how many years later, and I still go, that was a crazy, was a crazy story for a it's second true. gig. It's true, right? Like, why yeah. not? Yeah. Like, yeah. maybe you, maybe someone followed you after that. I don't know. Uh, we didn't have following back then. Well, I like mean, back like then, normal was, back, following. Back then, following was, wow, that car's been behind me for a while. <laughs> True. No, but, okay, Maybe okay, I'm trying to fan. think. How, was MySpace around back then, or was oh, it yeah, still not yeah. a no, thing? No, 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 we did. Yeah, MySpace was a thing. MySpace yeah. was a thing. And that's I, when bands, I, I feel like, MySpace. and I feel like MySpace was made, maybe what I knew from MySpace, I didn't, don't remember a lot of it, but I swear bands really flourished on it. Like, that Tom, was their place. was my favorite friend. Okay. Do you remember Tom, do you? Did no. you have MySpace? Yeah, I don't, okay, I don't well, remember I, much okay. about it. Forgive me if I have the name wrong, but Tom was like the creator of MySpace. Oh, okay. And he was everyone's friend. Oh, like, he was the first one. So, okay, like, okay, it was okay. always that picture of him smiling, hunched over his computer keyboard. And it was like, Tom's your friend, right? So, I do like, remember, I remember being, I loved it because you were able to kind of customize it. But I yeah, do remember yeah, that's I how I, MySpace was awesome. That's how I legitimately, I think, got to know a lot of bands because bands were able to have yeah. their own page. And yep. so it was, it probably was the first way of being like, Hey, we're a band that's not a flogger of this or that. My, I, I, to be honest with you, I, I didn't even, um, <laughs> when I got onto MySpace, it was like, it was a game changer. Yeah. Suddenly I had my thing where I put my pictures, I put my, uh, my music up there and mm -hmm. stuff and, and customize it. 
and I could just list when I was doing gigs, and it was it was a game changer back yeah. then. You know, it was pre-Facebook, and to be honest with you, for the purpose of gigging, I found it more practical than Facebook. Like, once I had to transition from that to, oh, no, now everyone's using Facebook, right at kind of the beginning oh, of the yeah. technological boom before everything went insane yeah. and there was a new thing every day, right? Uh, I was like, crap, now I have to learn how to do this and move stuff over to this platform mm-hmm. and make a music page. But then, oh, no, I didn't make the right music page. Yeah. I had to make a different music page that has a player and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And MySpace was just more practical. Like, it was. It was. Like, hey, I don't want to, and I used to have my own website too. Yeah. Um, something happened with it. I don't know what happened with it. I like somehow lost the domain and I couldn't get it back. Because you didn't pay for it in time. Well, I, I was never paying for it. That's the thing. I don't know if but it was maybe paid it up switched. to a certain point. I don't know what happened. My brother but, might be able to answer that question, uh, but I don't know. It's too far gone now. It's true. But you know what? When I had my website, mm-hmm. I was still getting more traction on my MySpace. Oh, for sure, because MySpace. And my website didn't have a player. Sure. My my my. My MySpace did, and I, and I always kind oh, of felt... Oh, I remember doing that. You could always listen to people. Yeah, I always kind of felt counterproductive, like, okay, oh, now I just updated these gigs and pictures on my website. Okay, now I just did it on my MySpace. Yeah. And then everyone's on my MySpace, and why is why are the people on my MySpace going to check out my website when they can get just as much, it's, if not more, it's on so my true. MySpace? It's weird to think now that, like... Shout out to MySpace. It's, yeah, Blow you the dust what? off. <laughs> I think I would much rather MySpace than Facebook. MySpace at all, even around? No, it, I think I it got feel shut like down. I think it I'm going to Google this shit. You I keep d- talking. I think it ended up, I think it ended up biting the bullet and closing its doors. I feel like it did. Oh, no. Hold on. Is it? It's different now, though. Can there is go- still a MySpace. Look, look me up. Look me up. I see don't if, think see it's if the I'm same there. thing. Okay, hold on. Uh, were you at Webstone? Webster no, or uh, Firestone? Tyler Firestone. Firestone's my 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 two. I have two last names. Firestone Webster. Uh, so there's a lot of Firestone. Unless you're talking about Max Webster, because Kim Mitchell and Max Webster are awesome. Awesome. There's a lot of Tyler Firestone. I, I guarantee you it's not there anymore. I don't know. But I can't believe it's still actually here. Yeah. Who knows? Um, uh, so, uh, speaking of funny stories of singing, so I had a friend, Sonia, who uh, was an amazing piano player. Like, she was like... I envy classical she was so good. I can't remember the level. I think she was up to like level eight for both theory and uh, performance. I don't know what's called. Must have been amazing. She was amazing. She was so good at it, and um, her sister was an amazing singer. And I yet again I envied her. And so there was times that we would go to parties drunken, and if we saw a piano, we would generally, for some odd reason, sing and play. She would play because I definitely can't play the piano. And there was one night we had gone to go see a, a local band, like For the Birds, I think it was. And we went to an after party at someone's house. Legitimately, we're all intoxicated. Yeah. Very best, intoxicated. The best way to be with Very music. intoxicated. And there's this wall piano just randomly in someone's garage. Awesome. Or I like, love where this is going. So everyone's drunk. There's like a there's probably like a high room somewhere. That I, I vaguely remember that there was like a room that you, you could only smoke pot in that room. But anyways, so we went into the room with piano and... Back then, we were really into the, the the musical Once. I don't know if you've seen it or heard it or any of it. And the movie is 
is they're not famous people. I These remember, are songwriters. I, honestly, I remember what I remember what the like image of the word once looked like advertising. For yeah, <laughs> I think it's said it, it's set in Dublin, and uh, there's this really good song, and I'm not gonna be able to remember what it's called. Oh my gosh! It was was the one dude who played Littlefinger in Game of Thrones in it who played the dude's dad. Maybe. Um, but uh, no. So we always went to this one song from the musical once, and I'm not gonna be able to remember what it is. I'm gonna keep telling the story. Maybe my brain will think of it. Um, oh, there we go. Falling slowly. Yep, that's the name of the song. I think that. I think I. I think I remember that. Yeah, and a lot of people kind of did that covers of that, and so drunkenly. Or high, I don't remember. I might have not. I might have been sober. Who knows? Uh, but uh, Sonia started playing the piano, and we're just in this person's random room, singing a song together. And I remember someone stopping, being like, "Oh wow, that's really nice," and then just walks away, like literally. That's like those are my stories with music. Like yeah. I okay, probably I, can't I, do things. I can sober. relate to that in the sense that if someone has a piano, especially like the baby piano, mm-hmm. or like slightly out of tune small piano where it has that honky tonk sound okay yeah good luck getting my attention oh, <laughs> like, yeah. i mean i will be especially if i have a drink or, or 10 in me true uh sorry i'm gonna be banging away on that but you you night. are naturally that way like when i had my little piano keyboard electric thing before i sold it legitimately like if you were bored, you just would go and play it. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm not classically trained at all. Like, I mean, I, I can't play, I can't really read music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can I can figure it out, but I can't sight read. True. And it's been years since I've even figured it out. I probably can't read music anymore. Uh, I probably can. I used to play the trumpet. That's the one oh. instrument that I played for a little while, and I, I couldn't instantly do it. I would, I bet I could. I just never tried to because I was yeah. younger. So I would read it and just write the, the letters yeah. above so that I could just... Yeah, quickly and that's go. basically how people do it now, right? Like, and but but I, I did it the same way, just just to. Uh, that's where I found I like I struggled in the Rocketbusters. Mm-hmm. I was in the Rocketbusters band on the keyboard side of things because you know a lot of Southern rock like Thank You for the Song or like Jessica, amazing uh, instrumental songs. You know, two guitar pieces, two harmony guitars going full time. Well, in the recording, it's very very famous rock pianist mm-hmm. uh, who played with. The Almond Brothers Band, he plays with the Rolling Stones, uh, Chuck Lavelle. Uh, he does an amazing piano solo in there. Amazing. Yeah. And the guys always wanted me to do it. And I'm like, I, can, I'm like yeah. I cannot do that. Yeah. I am trained to be able to accompany myself singing on things. So I could rock out chords. I could rock out, like, you know, little progressions mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I could definitely do, like, you know, background organ music, like, to fill up the empty space and stuff yeah. like that. But I am not somebody who can do solos. I can't do it. And I said, like, you know, like, we, you and Jason are two of the best guitarists I've ever known. Solo more. Let's yeah. hear more guitar with him. Like, I, you don't want to hear me, like, struggle my way and not make it sound good. Sure. And that was always, like, a bone of discontention in the band was that one part. Because, I, like, I, I was trying – they were trying to do the band justice and do it good by – getting me to that point yeah. to be able to do that. I was trying to do the band justice and do it good by telling them because they're more technically okay. able to, to play lead stuff to do that. Yeah. And so we never kind of came to a, a, an agreement on those things. Uh, but, but like the bottom line is 
that solo, if you ever listen to the piano solo in, in, in Song Jessica, it is unreal. I cannot do that. I have limitations. <laughs> yes. I know what they are. Yes. I cannot do that. Yeah. Kudos to those who can. Yeah. You are absolutely amazing. And blow my freaking yeah. mind. My fingers do not move that fast. Yes. So, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. No, Sonia. Sonia was so amazing. Her, she loved playing musicals. Her Phantom of the Opera was like a huge one for oh, her to play. My favorite musical of all time. Yeah. And she, she would just kill it. You know, I, cho- I chose, I had the choice when I was five, mm-hmm. five or six, I think five. Yeah. I had the choice to either have a birthday party. Or go see a musical. Or go see, <gasps> no, specifically, Andrew Lloyd Webber's The Phantom of the Opera yeah. at the Pantages Theater in Toronto. Yeah. Um, and I chose to go see that. The only regret, which I've seen that play a few times, yeah. is like, Months, at the very most a year, after that run mm-hmm. that I saw them there, Paul Stanley, lead singer of Kiss, came in and played the Phantom for like a year. Yeah. And I'm a huge Kiss fan <laughs> and a huge Phantom of the Opera fan. Yeah. So if I went like the next year, I could have seen Kit. I could have <laughs> seen Paul Stanley <laughs> be the Phantom. True. So I've never seen it other than the movie. I've not. I've. I've only got to. I haven't seen so many. Good. So I. I. I could go see the Phantom of the Opera. You know when we're allowed seeing live. Yeah, yeah. Every single time. I, I am so. I'm. I. I love that movie. It holds such. Or movie. I love that play. <laughs> it holds such a special place in my heart. Yep. In my. In my opinion, everything about that musical is perfect. It. The, just including the songs and mm-hmm. everything about it and the atmosphere. I love the darkness about it. I. I, it's funny because I'm a ha- I consider myself to be a happy guy. Yeah. I consider myself to be a positive guy. Yes. But in terms of like movies, music, plays, like give me that fucking nitty gritty <laughs> dark shit. I want that. I want that that turmoil and mm-hmm. sadness and I like. I don't want to see jazz hands. No, <laughs> and I think, like, well, think about it. Okay, super happy stuff. I know, that's it's not different. My thing. Happy stuff is, is nice, but when you get this, the other God, turmoil so stuff, much it's... so more emotion. Yes, you get to feel it all. Raw. Yeah. Good. Not that anything about the Phantom of the Opera is raw because it is really polished. True. <laughs> so, but, uh... Um, so we're going to wrap it up here. Um, I'm going to say, Tyler, like, do you want to... Where do where can people find you? Do you have a spot for your music? Cause I don't even know that really. Um, I have old videos on YouTube that I am still trying to figure out how to get on my legacy channels because I want to be able to put new videos on the old stuff now that I'm back doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, follow. I don't like. I share stuff to my Facebook. Yeah. From my Instagram. True. I don't go on Facebook that often. So other than for don't absolute steals fine. on marketplace. Yes. But uh. Tyler Firestone Webster on Instagram. I'm putting, I always put music videos mm-hmm. up on that. Uh, my little Instagram concert, True. pandemic time, fun stuff. What's the, like, would uh, they just if look? If you like ever, if, hey, if you go, hey, this guy is, I like his music. I sure wish he had anything to do with fishing and hunting. <laughs> <laughs> then you can also follow me at Ty Fireweb Outdoors. Uh, that's all my fishing and hunting stuff. Um, 
for your YouTube, like, should you even shout out? What, like, do they just look up your name? It's, t- it's Ty Firestone on YouTube. You want to see some really old clips? The old stuff with my long, gorgeous mane of <laughs> godly masculine Greek god running it's out of pretty good things. It's kind of like a lion. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful yep, lion. It is. Before I was gray and mentally thinning. You're not Maybe thinning. I don't think you're thinning. Good. I'm happy. I needed to hear something Yes, today. I know. <laughs> I'm the one to tell you since I cut your hair. Um, so thank you very much for coming again. It was a pleasure. Uh, like normal, uh, find me on all the podcast spots soon, maybe. I don't know. Right now you're listening on Spotify because I can't figure out the other two. So hopefully soon. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's going to be great. <laughs>